Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. My name is Alan. I'm joined by my good friend Ski. Hello. And Brent. Present. We're going to go about the process of reviewing all 180 episodes of this amazing series. Seven seasons, 68 Emmy nominations, 11 wins, starring B. Arthur, Rue McClanahan, Betty White, and Estelle Getty. The episodes are going to start off with a review, a meandering review at that, followed up by our MVPs for each episode, as well as our rating out of eight slices of cheesecake. So without further ado, I'm going to hand it off to Ski for the recap of episode one, The Pilot. All right, so indeed it was called episode one, just pilot. Uh, it actually aired first on uh, September 14th, 1985, um, and I'll just get, get right into it. Uh, it was written by Susan Harris and uh, produced by Jay Sandrich, I believe it's pronounced. Uh, we kind of open and introduce uh, all of our characters. Uh, Dorothy's in the kitchen, and there's a man cooking uh, Mexican food. And then they kind of proceed to introduce the other characters as we go. Uh, Blanche enters last, and she is uh, asking to borrow a mink because she talks about having to go out with a gentleman named Harry. Harry, apparently, uh, has proposed to her. He, she's only known him a week, um, but uh, he wants an answer tonight. And uh, so the girls kind of press her to ask, what are you going to say? And she says she doesn't know. Well, I think we're skipping over some pretty great parts of that opening scene. Um, you know, of course, we start off in the kitchen, which is uh, one of the locales that's used pretty frequently. And Dorothy kind of starts right in talking about her experiences as a substitute teacher that day, um, taking shots at uh, some of her students that uh, had, what, shaved hair. And, yeah, um, all kinds of craziness. Yeah, things that are pretty much commonplace today, <laughs> uh, but that she kicked students out of the classroom for, which I thought was a, a great... Um, you know, call back to the far more intolerant days of 1985. <laughs> um, so yeah, she talks about that, which of course now for a substitute teacher would get them almost certainly dismissed and oh, never I'd brought back. Probably fired and maybe even just you know, kicked out of the entire profession. And of course, you're also glazing over uh, one of the unsung heroes, almost the uh, the name of this podcast, uh, Coco, <laughs> their, their, I don't know, butler, maid, cook. It seemed like he did a little bit of everything. Yeah, he was just around the first episode. But uh, he, he gets introduced lightly. He's not even really uh, talked to a whole lot. Yeah, he's almost a part of the background. And uh, I think he offers to make, um, I don't know, huevos rancheros or something of that nature. And that's when we find out that Dorothy hates Mexican yeah, food. Yeah, she does not get excited about that. Yeah, I, I think her, her, her term is something along the lines of, uh, why don't you just shoot me? Which I take it to mean she hates Mexican food, although I suppose it could mean that she has a irritable bowel syndrome or uh, or some other malady. I like to think about bowel syndrome, yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think <laughs> almost IBS is no. It'd be great for the uh, series. Yeah, know? I agree. That should have been Bad a running death. theme throughout the entirety of the 180 episodes is Dorothy's bouts with IBS. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, I think the only reference that I remember, at least, is uh, is to Coco's suggestion for dinner that night. Well, that's, that's definitely a great add-on there. Brent, do you have anything you want to add with that before I move on? I'm good. Well, I think you're completely skipping over, too, that we also get introduced to Rose at that point. She yeah. comes in talking about her job as a – that I don't know sh her job is sad or that everybody comes in upset. And, and, you know, of course, Dorothy's like, what do you expect? You're a grief counselor. Um, so, yeah, so we get introduced to three of the four main characters, really the Pretty only three. Pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and they were originally the only three main characters um, until – uh, audience really loved our the fourth one that gets introduced a bit later in the episode. 
Very true. Very true. So, yeah. So, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but we're back to... Uh, so, yeah, we've been introduced to, uh, you know, the three main characters. Uh, Dorothy kind of opens it up, and then she quickly beats Rose. Uh, they have a short conversation, and then Mr. Coco is in the background. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Blanche enters, asking to borrow a mink stole because she's got this hot date. Uh and then, you know, drops the bombshell that uh, this hairy fellow has proposed to her mm-hmm. and wants an answer. <laughs> now, I will say, you know, I can kind of understand <laughs> that, uh, that, you know, they, they're older ladies. So perhaps a long courtship isn't necessary. Uh, so maybe the week, in, the week until a proposal isn't that, uh, that ridiculous. I don't know what Mr. Coco would think about it. But uh, unfortunately, I don't think we ever really get his, his views on Blanche's whirlwind relationship. I think he feels like his position in the household is secure regardless of what happens with that little did he know right <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah but he he wasn't going to be sticking around the uh, the show for all that long um so yeah i, I know brent had a, an alternate suggestion for the uh, the title of what this podcast should be we went back and forth on this quite a bit uh, so brent what what was the alternate suggestion that you had <laughs> you know originally it was going to be justice for coco i don't know if it was originally <laughs> ever going to be that i think that in your mind <laughs> that was i don't know if you've been out telling people like hey look for this on itunes <laughs> justice for coco but i i believe that was an idea you came to the table with about exactly. two minutes before we started to record so <laughs> but now i'm leaning <laughs> Now I did like Don't Justice for Coco, yes, Coco, but I did agree that it was a bit on the obscure side. <laughs> well, I mean, it would definitely, definitely appeal to our uh, Spanish-speaking potential listeners. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think that takes over from a deep cut <laughs> to <laughs> to an almost imperceptible cut <laughs> at that point. So who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and especially when you add in. The, the dawn day. <laughs> um, so anyway, so sorry. So we, so we meet back on track. We meet all three of the main characters. You know, Ro- or uh, Blanche is telling us about how she <laughs> has to make a decision on engagement, and uh, and we realize she's only been dating the man for a week. Right. Okay. <laughs> she, she, she leaves the room <laughs> for her beauty uh, beauty preparations. Put some what. Uh, Cucumbers on her eyes for puffiness yes, and whatnot, yes. and then and then Blanche, not Blanche, but Rose and Dorothy begin discussing the, the situation. Yeah, they kind of uh, go into a sort uh, small conversation. They they kind of press her, you know, what are you going to say? She says she's not sure yet. She walks out like you said to the room. They kind of follow her, and and then while they're talking, the doorbell rings, and he's she says, oh, he's early, but uh, they go to the door. And it turns out to be, you know, not Harry. It's uh, Sophia, which is Dorothy's uh, mother, or Ma. She informs them that her uh, home has burned down. <laughs> uh, she lives in a like, retirement community, right? Right, yep. Uh, she says, no one's hurt, you know, but I need $67 for, you know, cab fare to get here. Now, of course, of- she was originally supposed to be a recurring character, but not a main character. And Coco would have essentially been the fourth golden girl. Um, but, Ooh, you know. Monster Coco. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> Captain Coco <laughs> was going to be the, uh, the, the fourth character, or at least the, I guess, the most major non-main cast member um, prior to guest audiences, or, or excuse me, test audiences, uh, deciding they loved Sophia and, and her getting the, the nod 
as the fourth golden girl. Viva um, Coco. Yep. And it, it's funny, again, it's a, a sign of the times. And, you know, granted, I know that Ma's uh, older anyway, so even less uh, less liberal, perhaps, than the other golden girls. But she comes right in taking uh, shots at uh, the fancy man, um, Coco. Yes, yes and, she does. Yeah, so, so we get a little bit of a... Uh, <coughs> a few swipes towards the the gay community <laughs> <laughs> to start off the season. Well, when she drops uh, the the bomb that she needs $67 for the cash or for cash for the cab, Dorothy mentions, you know, you're only 15 minutes away. <laughs> How's that possible? And she uh, I think we later find out that she had promised the cabbie a $67 tip as well. Mm. So, anyway, um don't your notes say apparently that was quite a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably so. <laughs> this is apparently a large cab bill by her reaction. Is what it, it actually reads. Thank goodness for those notes because I otherwise I could have never inferred. No, not that, at all. I like, I like the fact they included a reaction shot so we knew it was a lot of money. <laughs> right. so, so a little background. Uh, I wrote excessive amounts of notes for the uh, the podcast here, uh, and I have I've met with some ridicule. Well, as, as <laughs> mediocre uh, <laughs> as this may end up being, our first attempt was far more detailed. I mean, I, I believe Ski has notes that go into the most minute of details. The, uh, you know, the, that clothing that the ladies were wearing, the set decorations, every line meticulously scripted out along with all of their uh, reactions. To, that is not true. Well, it's, it's, it's basically <laughs> true. And, and now we're glossing over some pretty major plot points that happened. I have tried to hem down my notes slightly, so <laughs> I am I do appreciate the uh, help to bring in some uh, some richness oh, to okay. the description. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, your description has gone from extremely detailed to fairly bare bones. Um, your <laughs> recap would take about three minutes if uh, uninterrupted. Feast or famine. <laughs> right. One or the other. It's like, I'll show you assholes. <laughs> you want to going to give me shit about having too many notes? Well, now <laughs> you'll enjoy this high-level overview. Yeah, there are, it's about three girls, and uh, <laughs> they're they're you know they're golden together. <laughs> they apparently live together. Three girls have been determined. There to is a uh, <laughs> there's an overtone of uh, comedy in what they do. Right. So, all right. So we get past we we've met Ma at this point. Yes. She takes a shot at a. At Blanche, because Blanche is dressed up and she calls her a prostitute. Prostitute. Yeah, you look like a prostitute. Now, Blanche is not offended by this because she basically says, well, she's had a stroke. <laughs> so well, Yeah, which I had not remembered. I yeah, I don't believe know. they ever. Uh, I mean, Brent, as far as you know, have they ever mentioned in the show no. post that about <laughs> Sophia's uh, stroke? Yeah, and now she says whatever, apparently. So uh, it's kind of taken for granted that if she says outlandish things that that's just Ma. Yeah, I mean, really, now looking at in that lens, all the times that uh, Dorothy gets mad at her is really, you know, kind of taking a shot of the disabled, <laughs> seeing as how she's a stroke victim. Cruelty to to her mother, yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, she really should accept her um, in the subsequent episodes, but apparently mm -hmm. is not as forgiving of her stroke conditions as Blanche is. <laughs> well, I think the writers probably decided being kind, you know, just wasn't as funny. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe it wouldn't fit uh, Dorothy's uh, character as well. Yeah. So no, no, she's totally mean to her mom. So right. I think it's a little late for the writers to start being kind to her. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Once you go ahead and throw out. I mean, I, I don't know if they're necessarily kind to to anybody. I, mean, I think early in the episode, Dorothy talks about how she's 
no longer recognizes herself because she's old. We've established that Brant Blanche looks like a prostitute and that <laughs> Rose is stupid and that Doroth or uh, Sophia had a stroke. So, yeah, I don't know. And then the, Coco disappears. Right, yeah, poor Coco. <laughs> and doesn't Justice even get a Coco. podcast <laughs> in his memoriam. Well, no, uh, but I mean, like, Blanche's whole thing is like, like I, I can't remember if we did this in the recap we started off with or the one from the last time, but like she has to decide within a week if she's going to marry Harry. Because, you know, at her age, why wait? (laughs) Freaking, you know, Rue McClanahan was 51. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, back in the 80s, (laughs) the life expectancy was much shorter than it is here in the 2010s, almost 20s. So you have to keep in mind, 51, (laughs) you know, you were already at one foot in the the grave at that point back in 85. (laughs) Well, so they, the the boyfriend, Yeah, Harry arrives. He's uh, nicely dressed, has hair nicely combed and such. That's my Uh, favorite part of the notes. (laughs) (laughs) You are a good, a good, good judge of a dapper man. (laughs) Dapper dapper Dan man. Um, Going forward, we'll just assume that the hair is combed, (laughs) unless you say it's disheveled. (laughs) Well, you know that. Maybe we'll see that later in the series. You know, maybe we will. nicely dressed, yeah. bad hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That'll definitely be a note. We'll Crazy need hair. <laughs> exactly. A comment on every uh, every new character's uh, you know hair and uh, the neatness of it, which should be included with every maybe recap a fu- going maybe forward. A fun fact we can drop every now and then. It could be, it. yeah. Harry walked in with the number eight from Great Clips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is at least a $12 haircut if I've ever seen one. <laughs> so so they go off. They leave on their date. Yeah, well, they do like quick introductions and such. Right. Uh, but then they do ultimately leave kind of quickly. And then, uh, you know, Blanche and Harry exit. Um, in the meantime, Rose and Dorothy discuss a little bit of background about how they met. Uh, they talk about how uh, they answered an ad in the paper that I'm assuming Blanche placed. And that's how they're all... Yeah, they've all come to be living together now. Then there's a short amount of a uh, little looking back on life and how, you know, your kids grow up, uh, your your husband maybe dies, and then you're left alone, but, you know, they've got each other now. So later on, kind of fast well, forward. I want to back up just a second there because Brent uh, mentioned a, a pretty, you know, astute view of Rose's abilities as a grief counselor, given that during that, that discussion she talks about how she's held on to her dead husband's memory for 15 years and pretends he's still alive in order so that he still feels close to her. (laughs) Um, It it doesn't seem, you know, like the best, uh, the best philosophy for someone who's trying to not a good tactic for letting, letting go. (laughs) Right. Moving on. (laughs) I mean, you know, I do think it's good to hold on to the bad feelings um, as long as you can, you know, Put the good ones there so they can keep the bad ones fresh when it comes back. There you go. Yeah, or maybe so cool. at bay. You mm-hmm, know, true. So that the bad ones can burst free once in a while. I know you're always trying to keep the demons at bay. <laughs> so it's a, it's a never-ending battle. All right. Well, and then uh, Blanche gets home after all this. And then, you know, the girls pretty quickly go to her and say, what happened, you know? They, uh, they're fairly impatient. They ask if she's going to get uh, married. And she says, yes, in one week. So not only has she known them for just one week, now she's going to get married in one week's time. So, you know, two weeks known for someone, that's that's pretty uh, good courtship, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's plenty of time. I mean, when you're 51, again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> two weeks, that's that's probably half the time you have left on this earth. So, <laughs> you know, I'd say you want to have at least two weeks of marriage before you, you know, ascend off to the next uh, plane of existence. Exactly, so. exactly. 
think you have to be married a month before you like qualify for survivor benefits. Oh, okay. So. Well, then, yeah, then they're already behind the exactly. uh, behind the times already. <laughs> they got to get on it, right? Right, exactly. You never know when old Harry's going to shuffle off this mortal coil. <laughs> he may be 52. <laughs> right, exactly. We don't know. We have no idea how old he is. I mean, he does have nice hair, but that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't you know, definitively oh, prove. That actually reminds me, there's a comment made earlier. Uh, specifically states that uh, he's got his own teeth and his own hair still. Oh yeah, that's true. So so as far as what they've led us to believe, you know, he <laughs> is really holding up up well for a man of his advanced <laughs> age. <laughs> and the hair, right? The hair is yes. nice. Uh, so and they ask, you know, where will you live? Where will we live? And she says, well, you will live here. Uh, and then you know, you guys can stay here until you find something new as well. And then uh, there's some more talk about the, the wedding and uh, I think some kind of reference to shotgun wedding. But I think uh, Rose says something about a blow dart wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dorothy says it was called a shotgun wedding where she grew up. And she's like, do you remember what she says about like where that was? Are, are you talking about where uh, where Dorothy grew up or where Rose grew up? In? Uh, well, well, Rose says a blow dart wedding. Mm-hmm. Dorothy Correction oh. says shotgun wedding. I think there's something after that. Yeah, I think she makes a, a comment about maybe her growing up in Africa or something uh, along those lines. I can't remember what. Um, it was, it was something Amazon. like that. The Amazon. Amazon. Okay. Yeah. So. there with the details. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He must have been reading the notes. <laughs> but the, thing, no, the thing is, like, I don't know that it was a shotgun wedding in New York. I think that's like a southern thing. I always thought I mean, so, too, like a, a hick-type deal. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, we're here in the middle of America, and I mean, I definitely have heard that term yeah, plenty yeah. of times. Um, but, I mean, do you think they were saying it in, you know, New York in the 50s? Do you think in the 50s it was more like a machine gun? Um, or, uh, you know, like what kind of uh, wedding would it be? Maybe sawed-off shotgun. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> think of that. I, I suppose, you know, with your gangsters, that, that would be a possibility in the 50s. It would just be just another, you know, Catholic wedding. Huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that you're going to besmirch the virtue of a Catholic. <laughs> that someone may be married out of or uh, impregnated out of wedlock. It's ridiculous. Uh, never has happened as far as I know. <laughs> can't think of a single instance where a Catholic woman <laughs> was impregnated <laughs> outside of wedlock. Uh, <laughs> I'm missing the reference. Oh, I'm just saying, you know, Jesus. <laughs> you think Mary was Catholic? Well, I mean, I guess she became Catholic, I assume. <laughs> I don't know if she ever really worshipped her son, I suppose, but I think you could argue that she could be the first Catholic. But wasn't Jesus Jewish? Well, yeah, he was, but I imagine his mom would convert. <laughs> so, Well, uh, the, the understanding was that he was the second coming, right? Yeah. I think he, I think he was pretty clear on that, right, the, mm-hmm. the Lord? Well, and I guess in, in fairness, I'm not exactly sure at what time the Catholic... Um, <laughs> denomination came about so i suppose that wasn't probably from the get-go <laughs> they probably hadn't already started breaking up into yeah. varying <laughs> varying denominations I, I doubt that's like john the baptist was a presbyterian and <laughs> so, it was probably a little ways down Canon the line. law hadn't formed yet right <laughs> right exactly all right well then i withdraw there's been <laughs> withdraw the comet or the the attempt at humor um all right, so we find out that uh, they are going to get married. Yes. Um, we kind of flash forward there, and then uh, all of a sudden we're at the day of the wedding. Uh, Dorothy is getting ready, and Rose walks in. Uh, she kind of voices some fears that she thinks is a bad idea. She has uh, She's suspicious of Harry, mm-hmm. and she wants to tell uh, Blanche. And so, but, but the wedding's in like 12 minutes right. from this point. So Rose... 
Like, did she give a reason why she was suspicious of Harry? I think she just had a gut feeling. I yeah. think that was it. Like there was no, like, no, no other. No evidence, yeah. The guy I met a week ago, <laughs> bad egg. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that she met for what appeared to be five minutes <laughs> a, a week ago. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't really say if they've met him again in that time frame, does it? Right. Well, and you know, th- there is a missed opportunity. We could have seen a pretty wild, sexy bachelorette party um, <laughs> thrown for Blanche, but apparently. I would have definitely put a different yeah. spin on the whole show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess the time constraints were such that they, you know, needed to cut out some of the pre wedding preparations. And if they had dick, you know, you know, decorations, would they be, would they be floppy dicks? Well, I mean, they would, it would make. Well, I don't know. I, I 52 think, and such, you just, you know. But Blanche has uh, always prided herself on being uh, a pretty vibrant, vivacious woman. That's so true. I don't think she would go with the man who, you know, even at the age of 52, even at that decrepit oh, that's, that's age. Right. <laughs> One of the things they talk about when he's uh, saying that uh, he has his own hair and teeth is that he's still interested. Oh, okay. Interested. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I'm still interested in Civil War documentaries, but I couldn't tell you when I last watched one. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, Yeah, interested is is certainly a uh, a cryptic term (laughs) that's open for quite a bit. Like, oh, oh, that's that's sexual intercourse is interesting. (laughs) Well, I believe the reference stumped Rose, too. I don't think she quite understood it or got... The uh, reference. Right. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Um, mm-hmm. At least gives the impression <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that he's still able at his advanced age. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, Rose keeps trying to tell Blanche in a few uh, attempts uh, to voice her concerns. And Dorothy, not wanting uh, her to ruin the special day, kind of keeps hiding her and shutting her up. Uh, ultimately, Dorothy kind of throws Rose into a, a closet. Yeah, I was shocked. Um at how much of the opening sequence comes from the pilot episode. It seems like almost the entire opening sequence comes from uh, the pilot episode, which, you know, that makes sense to me for the pilot or even for the first season. But it seems surprising that I, I don't believe they ever significantly changed up the opening throughout the entire seven season run of it. I could be wrong on that. I yeah, I think it stayed the same. And so basically one episode, you know. <laughs> Determined the entire fate of the show. Yes. Right. I mean, I imagine they must have changed it up some to include more Sophia because I would assume she wasn't part of that, you know, opening much in the very first episode. But, but yeah, I, I was pretty surprised that they didn't ever bother to go back and re-edit together <laughs> another opening to, you know, include a little bit more, um, e- even just throughout that first season. But right. I'm a little surprised nobody commented on Blanche's white wedding dress. <laughs> Was Ooh, it a white, yeah. white? I thought it was kind of an off-white, wasn't it? Or a champagne? Um, oh, I don't know. And I feel like it wasn't a dress dress. Like, it was kind of more of a, I don't know, something you might wear to a luncheon. <laughs> 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 like, it certainly wasn't a flowing white gown. What, what color are you going for there, Brent? What color? A deep red? <laughs> no, I'm saying, what do you think would be appropriate? Oh, from Blanche? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I guess a pinkish hue would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just not white, just yeah. as long as she wasn't trying to espouse her virtues. Um, exactly. Now, yeah. does it seem, now, Grant, I know this was a whirlwind type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they don't discuss uh, her history or anything like that in the show, but it's funny that there's literally nobody at the wedding <laughs> that's coming except for her roommates. Um, they're the only one. And Coco, yeah. of course, is there for it. And then yeah. the minister, who yeah. is as disinterested in being there as he possibly could be. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, I mean, it's already been established that none of their kids love them anymore. Right. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, and their husbands are dead and their kids are gone. Exactly. <laughs> so. So. When well, Dorothy does, uh, you know, at first I thought that Rose was going to indicate that all their husbands were dead. But yeah. then Dorothy does mention that her husband just left her for a, a stewardess having mm-hmm. her. I believe after 38 years. If yeah. Yeah, 38 years, which would have been, they would have been pretty young. If they were, I don't know in the show what age they were supposed to be portrayed in. I always assumed it was kind of mid-50s on up. Uh, but So I guess t- 38 years, that would have put her, even if she was 60, would have put her at 22. Yeah. Um, so she would have been pretty young. She had her uh, blowgun wedding <laughs> with, <laughs> with Stan. Right. Yeah. Okay, so they're waiting then. So finally, they How get out of the George bedroom. been deceased? What's that? How long had... Did she say... I mean, I know that uh, the Rose specifically mentions the 15 years yeah. for Charlie, yeah. but I don't know if uh, Blanche specifically says how long it's been since George died. I don't remember either. But I feel like there is a reference to her um, canoodling during the, uh, the shortly after the funeral, during yeah. the funeral, or something of that nature. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. to be fair, she would have been like 45 at the time, so right at the peak of her <laughs> right, yeah, blossoming. <laughs> yeah, she exactly. can't be held down or slowed down. Guys. Well, and knowing that she only had you know probably less than 10 years left on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> so she better get uh, better get to, to work and um, she is from the diabetes belt. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Although I believe from what I read in the first episode, she doesn't have much of that southern accent, and that comes in a lot more uh, yeah. later on in the show. It's more pronounced. So well, and you mentioned something before we move on too much more uh, that uh, there's so much of the uh, pilot used for the opening sequence, uh, the little bit where uh, Dorothy's trying to shut up Rose before she tells Blanche. They, that's actually kind of almost a half slapstick type scene, right? Where you know they're they're kind of whipping each other around, and uh, then she ultimately grabs Rose by the mouth and kind of just looks like she's half hugging her, but putting her hand over her mouth. Right. Yeah. And then Blanche comes over and says, "Oh!" and then hugs them both together. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a. I don't know. There's not a whole lot of slapstick throughout the the series, but that particular scene. Well, and of course, it endures throughout the entire series <laughs> as part of the opening, since uh, quite a bit of that that sequences is, is right there in the opening the whole time. So, as you kind of alluded, we kind of flash again forward, uh, and Harry hasn't arrived yet. Everybody's just kind of waiting in the uh, the living room area. The minister uh, mentions that he can't wait much longer, you know, because they do live in Miami and he's got funerals to attend to. Then the doorbell rings, and it's a police officer. And Brent, you know the police officer's name, right? The the be, character? Not the character, but the Taylor. actor. Meshach Taylor. Meshach Taylor. And what was he from again? Uh, later designing women, previous, and also um, Mannequin. Oh, yep, that's right. I had not remember that one. Do you not remember the, the movie Mannequin, or oh, just I that remember. he was part of it? I didn't remember he was part of it. Oh, okay. I honestly couldn't tell you anyone in Mannequin. Oh, well. I, bet, I imagine Brent could give us at least two other cast members in Mannequin. Uh, Kim Cattrall. And she was the mannequin, correct? Correct. Okay. She was the mannequin. And um, was it Andrew McCarthy? I don't know. I'm just looking at you for... Uh, Seems like a Steve Gutenberg type of movie to me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at least as far as the genre and the time frame, it would certainly make <laughs> sense. <laughs> but um, So, real quick, I just looked it up. And assuming, you know, George and Blanche were the same age... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were 47 when he passed. Oh, okay. So he'd been deceased four years. Oh, so that's a, a far shorter period of time than what uh, Rose had been dealing with. Charlie mm-hmm. must have died at a really young age then. Mm-hmm. And hadn't they been married for 
18 years or she says some relatively long amount of time that the two of them were together yeah they were married like 37 years or something okay like so that. if rose if we assume she's in her 50s then yeah she would have mm-hmm. had to been married to charlie when they were in their early teens yeah <laughs> I, think, I did the math when we did the episode the last time and they would have gotten married when they were eight yeah, that seems fair you know i mean that's that's a good time i mean in saint olaf things work a little bit like the olden days yeah there exactly. you go so, so. well there's they probably call that uh, a cap gun wedding <laughs> right <laughs> Do you, do you think there was like a dowry? Uh, I mean, involved? probably something like chickens and cows. Uh, Gefilte fish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that there was something since it's a more traditional society than what we uh, what we live in nowadays, or pickled even in herring. 1985. What's that? Pickled herring. Yes, pickled herring. <laughs> As should be part of every dowry. Honestly, <laughs> I definitely uh, have some pickled herring on ice for when my daughter comes of age for marriage. Um, <laughs> Tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so we get past. So Harry doesn't show up for the wedding. Yeah, police officer shows up, and uh, he actually asked for Blanche Hollingsworth, mm-hmm. and uh, so which, as we know, she eventually is Blanche Devereaux, um, which Hollingsworth you said is her maiden name, correct? And then Devereaux was her her married name. So I don't know why he'd be looking. I, I would assume at this point. She might would have still to do, go by her married name four years later. Um, they might have to go. Uh, they might have introduced that more because she did take on more of an accent. Uh, could Devereaux be. sounds more you know, southern. Yeah. Southern. So yeah, Hollinsworth doesn't sound nearly as southern as Devereaux. So yeah, that may be why she she decided in subsequent episodes to go back <laughs> to the married name. So Harry has been arrested apparently, and it turns out he was a bigamist with six other wives. Mm-hmm. And in Harry's defense, in his mugshot, his hair was com- nicely combed. Yeah, well, and I'm sure he was already working on the, you know, <laughs> picking up the next wife. I'm not sure what the penalty is for bigamy. Um, you know, I Apparently imagine are being arrested at yeah. least. Well, and I thought it was amazing that you have a cop who's willing to bring a note to a person who's not actually related, a handwritten note. I mean. You would think at the most the cop might have been willing to call if he's like, I can't talk to her. Um, but he actually is willing to hand deliver a note <laughs> to the uh, the jilted um, bride to be. Um. To be fair, it was it was on his way to the wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> to, 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 to which number wife? Exactly. <laughs> so was he going to go around the country traveling <laughs> from coast to coast? That'd be a whole other show. We could have. I, I assume they were all there in Dade County. Oh, you thought they were all all locals? Yeah. I don't know. I guess I assumed that he was a man who had, you know, hopped around the country, because. Mar- Getting up to six in the same area code <laughs> would be uh, convenient, far more difficult. Alan, convenient. Well, it would be convenient. I'll grant that. And if they're all, you know, as close to death as Blanche apparently was, <laughs> then uh, then I suppose uh, you don't have as much to worry about because they'll just die of a heart attack if they happen to meet, you know, one of their husband's other wives. But yeah, I, I got. I, I would have thought that it was more, you know, a string of broken hearts uh, throughout mm-hmm. the country. Yeah. So, and I and I, either way, I'd like to think that uh, Officer Taylor. You know, went ahead and, and went on the road so that he could tell the other other six wives, well, the six wives, not the other six wives, but the other six women, mm-hmm. that uh, their husband was in jail. Or That's maybe how designing women happened. That could be. Maybe the designing women <laughs> were the... Was uh, that an offshoot? I don't know. <laughs> could exactly. be. After he told them, then, you know, he they felt so out. bad for them. <laughs> well, they, they found what they had in common. So not only do we all love the same man... <laughs> right. 
we also have a passion for fashion. <laughs> yeah. And the officer's like, as do I. And then he throws off the hat <laughs> and immediately becomes an assistant to the designing women. Once Seems again, plausible. Coco's influence <laughs> <Yeah>. goes unrecognized. <laughs> right. Coco basically uh, <laughs> laid the landscape for all the entertainment in the 80s. And I'm not even willing to name this podcast after him. <laughs> Justice for Coco. <laughs> Sounds like injustice for Coco is what's going on here. No, the podcast is trying to get justice for Coco. Well, I know, but I'm giving him injustice is what I'm saying. Yeah, because you're a hate monger. <laughs> well, you know how much I, I hate the whatever nationality he is. <laughs> so. Let's just uh, lump him in with everything south of the United States. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, my hate mongering knows no boundaries <laughs> other than the United States Southern border. He didn't sound border. like he had any kind of accent, though, so he seemed pretty solidly American, didn't he? Uh, I don't know. I thought there was yeah, a bit of an accent there. three lines that he got. <laughs> <laughs> he mentioned the enchiladas. He mentioned she's going out with Harry again. <laughs> and he mentioned, you want some tea? Yeah. Like, I think that was well, the oddest thing, because he's there in like his kimono or whatever uh-huh. uh, nighttime outfit that yeah. he's wearing. Which, yeah, clearly he's sleeping there. Yeah, I mean, or he's just apparently like really the house comfy, boy. Um, yeah, he's got room and board, like indentured servitude. Or <laughs> right. <something. laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I guess back in the day, if, um, you know, if a, a proud Cuban gay man wanted a job, he had to be willing to live with old ladies to get uh-huh. it. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Maybe it was from like a different 80s sitcom and like the judge ordered him to be their houseboy. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> There's another pilot floating around out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that explains that. That was going to be a flashback episode exactly. at one point during the series. Um, all right. So we get back. So Harry's yeah. gone. He, uh, he, cop arrives, gives a note to uh, Blanche. Uh, she doesn't want to read it. So Dorothy reads it. It reads something basically like, you know, I'm really sorry. You know, you know, unlike everyone else, I really liked you. Blanche is stunned, and the girls try to comfort her. Do you think, like, Harry just wrote one note Mad Lib style and had the officer make six copies <laughs> so he could just fill in the blanks? I like yeah, I'd to like think so. That. I'd like to think so. And then luckily for Blanche, she got the kind one where he didn't <laughs> put, like, turd and poop in <laughs> as, uh, as his noun and adjective. Um, so, yeah, and then they, they discuss that. You know, they, they flash forward again a little bit, and she's been in bed, or, or at least not worked, for three weeks. She's knew, knew Harry for two weeks, but she needed longer than her entire relationship <laughs> with Harry um, from work, which apparently the museum is quite generous with their bereavement it sounds policies. Sounds like it, yeah. So. Is poop an adjective? Uh, I mean, I suppose poop could be part of an adjective. Poop covered, poop scented. Yeah, uh, like poopy, I would say, is an adjective. Yeah, but I, I think this poop is just a verb. I don't know, your poop attitude? It's definitely, it's definitely a noun also. <laughs> I, th- I think you can use it both ways. I, yeah, I guess I'm so. not saying it's properly used both ways, yeah. but there's a lot of words that can be used as both, um, mm-hmm. just depending on how you how you spin it. So I, I think it could qualify as an adjective. Right. In the Carry world on. of emojis, okay. you could just say, I feel poop. And yeah, it's, you that's know. true. And then you don't know if it means that you feel poorly or that you're literally holding a pile <laughs> of shit. <laughs> <laughs> What, you got to be holding it. You can be just prairie dogging. It's like, I feel it. It's there. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it could be that you it's know? just poking out of the bowl. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, if we're, we're going with... Well, I guess poking out of your ass if you're prairie dogging. If we're going with just please. sensation, you could also just step on it, too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or, you know, you could have shit your pants three hours ago. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I still feel poop. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Still there. Feeling poop um, has has a wide range of interpretation. <laughs> it will definitely to. be a noun in that situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, no. Yeah, in that situation, definitely. All right, so so she 
at, after three weeks, though, she yeah, has. The museum is getting ready to fire her, potentially. Right. Uh, the girls have tried all kinds of ways to kind of cheer her up, you know, trying to take her places, do stuff with her. Do you think uh, she'd have an age discrimination suit on her hands at her decrepit age of 51? <laughs> <laughs> you mean, is that why the museum is so generous exactly. <laughs> with their policies? Exactly. Probably. We well, dare not try to <laughs> try to get rid of her. Ladies why exactly? Of a certain age get litigious. <laughs> right. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> I know. I know you. You've uh, pissed off many uh, <laughs> a litigious 50-plus-year-old, so uh, I know you've been down that path more than once. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so so she what, she she realized she's been singing in the shower or something yeah, of that nature. Yeah, she comes which is, in, uh, Blanche enters the scene smiling, and, you know, she kind of says, you know, I was in the shower, and I was humming, and I realized I was happy, and I was happy because of you guys. You know, you go to my family, and I'm happy to be alive. And then they kind of just, you know, hug it out and such. And they talk about going to a special uh, lunch together. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they ask Sophia if she'd want to come with you with them, and they, she declines, and says that she is uh, going to the dog track with the fancy man. <laughs> right, got to get one more shot in on Coco before his uh, his exit of the series. <laughs> exactly. And of course, it never occurred to them to invite Coco to the lunch. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's the house boy. <laughs> you can send him out with the old lady, but he's not coming along <laughs> with us. Exactly. Oh, no. It. I don't know. Maybe it's just more lazy writing on the part of this Susan Harris. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if it's lazy writing or just maybe, I don't know, she was going for something that she didn't quite pull off. But, you know, the episode started with, you know, Dorothy talking about, you know, she was talking with some younger teachers at school and then she saw herself in the car mirror and she was like, who is this old woman? Right. You know, and then it ends with Dorothy talking about or Blanche talking about she heard whistling in the shower. It's like, who is this person whistling? And she's like, <laughs> oh, it's me. The same epiphany that Dorothy had had at the start of the episode. Yeah. That's very deep of you. That's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. But apparently, you know, Blanche, as opposed to Dorothy, who was dismayed by who she actually was when she saw herself in the mirror, apparently. Blanche uh-huh. liked the woman she was yeah, at so the end. Blanche has a bit of wisdom that she picked up while Dorothy did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it kind of comes full aged. circle. Yeah, all right. Kudos and of course, Susan by the Harris. end of this episode, they're all so much closer to the finish line. <laughs> so, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> as we know from 1985 age mm-hmm. or life expectancy. All right, so then, so that that concludes the episode um, with them what hugging together in a. Yeah, they kind of leave the scene. Uh, the, the closing uh, lines were. Uh, your mother bets, and then uh, no, she. Uh, well, I think it was uh, Blanche asks your mother bets, and uh, Dorothy says no. She rides. She's a dog jockey, <laughs> and then that's the close of it. Yeah, well, solid close um, for a, for a solid Good first episode. Yeah. So, I think Ski sold that joke better the first time around. Yeah, I'd Probably, say so. Yeah. I don't know if he sold the you joke know, at all this time again? around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps we'll splice the two together. Well, um, there we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's there. Any particular lines that uh, golden moments, if you will, for the uh, for the show? Um, I had the same one that I had last time, and again, it was just sort of a missed opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. I really think that Coco should have, you know, interacted with the priest more. Mm-hmm. Um, who was there for? Whose funeral did he run off to again? I can't remember whose funeral, but I think he made the comment that, you know, because their locale, there was quite a few. Yeah. I, I think it was multiple funerals. Uh, he, he did had to mention the specific day. name, I believe, but I forget yeah, who it was. Like, it was. McGillicuddy or Fitzpatrick or something <laughs> nonsense like that. Mm. 
some, you know, stereotypical Miami name. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All those Kirkpatricks <laughs> in Miami. It's just so uh, so Abundant. Irish, it's ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, my, my personal favorite uh, moment of the episode, or at least line, I should say, the episode was uh, there's a, a point when Rose and, and Dorothy and Sophia are talking about how they have to get up in the middle of the night to pee quite often. I think Rose has something to the effect that she doesn't even drink afternoon because of it. And uh, Sophia says she goes to she never wakes up to go to the bathroom she goes to the bathroom every morning at 7 a.m without fail only problem is she doesn't wake up until 8 a.m which the line itself was good but the reaction of dorothy just very uh, knowingly shaking her head yes was what really sold sold that <laughs> moment to me that it wasn't uh, it was like it, no she's not in jest at all that's exactly what happens every morning at 7 a.m <laughs> so um, Do you uh, think some of Rose's quirks could just be from, like, severe dehydration? Uh, probably. I mean, especially if you're talking to her at <laughs> 6 o'clock in the evening or whatever when it's already been six hours since her last beverage. Um, exactly. <laughs> you know, they have those late-night <laughs> jam sessions. It's just, I don't know. Well, right. Not, I mean, I don't know. Cheesecake doesn't seem like it probably has all that much, uh, you know, mm-hmm. moisture, at least not enough yeah. to sustain a woman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so. Overload of sugar, not enough aqua. Right, exactly. That's what it goes to. Uh, my favorite line was probably a little bit closer to the end, too. Uh, when the girls are on the patio, uh, Dorothy goes over. Uh, Sophia's kind of laying. Looks like she's sleeping on the uh, the lounge chair. She uh, pulls out a mirror and sees that she's breathing. And uh, Rose says, well, she's sleeping. Leave her alone. Something like that. And she's like, well, you know, I'm checking on her because you never know. And it turns out that Sophia was awake. She kind of chimes back in with, I was just asleep or just awake the whole time. You never know. So, now, The way you sold that episode, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who count that now amongst their favorite <laughs> moments of the show. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> my wife has my youngest do that to me all the time. Oh, to check to see if you're still alive? Exactly. Never too young to have a chore. Oh, so. yeah, well, and never too young to die. <laughs> so <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah, she may be thinking you're living on 1985. Uh, exactly. Only five years from George's expiration date. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was just around the corner. You know, you just maybe came up with an even better name for the uh, podcast series, Never Too Young to Die. <laughs> yeah, Golden Girls Podcast. <laughs> and we'll have our first episode premiere on the date that uh, Betty White finally... Kicks it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this thing's never coming out then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we might get all 180 recorded before she finally, uh, yeah. you know. How old is she? Yeah. Um, 90, uh, 98. She's pretty old. Like She's in her late 90s, I think, at this point. Okay. Bob so. Newhart turned 90. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, and he's still funny. Huh? Yeah. He's still very, uh, very with it. She seems to be with it at times, and then there are other mm-hmm. times when she seems, um, yeah. I don't know, like she gets a little caught in the, Mm-hmm. the lights and whatnot <laughs> yeah yeah she's definitely not hitting the fast pitches anymore right but you throw it underhand she can still knock it out of the park yeah i'd say so she's far exceeding what i would think most women of her age <laughs> you oh, know absolutely. or most people i should say i don't want to be sexist here on the podcast because i am woke as fuck um mm-hmm. and i don't want to give anybody the impression otherwise waf so. yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right so with that i think uh that gave us the the entire uh, recap of the episode along with um oh did you have any uh, little fun facts you wanted to throw in there brent no i think i'm spent okay well i will give one quick fun fact uh picking up brent's slack here 
that yeah, uh, in my defense i had like 37 fun facts in the last one i realize that but no one who's listening to this has heard the last one and so there's still fun facts for them yeah, it so may not be fun for me and ski anymore but it's fun for those who may be hearing it for the first time sounds like a them problem <laughs> well i'll give one fun fact that coco was That's the a good first way to alienate the crowd there. <laughs> right <That's... laughs> well coco was the first openly gay character to appear in a, a disney related uh, mm-hmm. a disney production so mm-hmm. uh, and disney promptly learned their lesson and exercise <laughs> right exactly I, whoa, whoa what <laughs> oh, i thought he was just fancy exactly. <laughs> what do you mean euphemism <laughs> so, well with that i uh, hope you enjoyed the first episode here and hopefully there'll be many more to come uh, like do you think it is a stereotype though that like he's like doing quote-unquote woman's work oh yeah i mean it's a, it's a very stereotypical there everything about the character it, it you know screams 1985 stereotype yeah. <laughs> um like because meshach taylor shows up and he's like you know very masculine so he gets to play the cop right well meanwhile uh like charles levin who I, I don't i'm not sure whether what his you know predilections were you know, in life, nor Meshach Taylor's, but <laughs> <laughs> really, but <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> there are literally three men in the entire episode, one's a bigamist, one's, uh, you know, a manly cop, mm-hmm. and then one's, you know, an effeminate Housekeeper, Jew. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, hey, you're forgetting about the completely... Um, oh, the minister. Yeah, the minister <laughs> that could have given a shit less about <laughs> the, the heartbreak that Blanche was uh, was experiencing at the moment. That's so. true. That's true. He needs to take a, you know, Rose's grief counseling classes. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would that make Just it better, Just talk about Harry as if he's still here. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll still perform the ceremony. <laughs> exactly. It's, a, it's half the time if I don't have to wait for the responses of the second side. We'll just assume he says yes. <laughs> <But yeah. laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> There's evidence to suggest that he has in the past. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Going off his track record. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I guess we'll never know. Never know the full story of Coco. That could be an entire series of its own where we follow the adventures of Coco after he was let go by the... Uh, by Blanche and, and the ladies. Yeah, for each subsequent episode, regardless of the shenanigans the girls get into, I'm still going to ponder about Coco and well, maybe uh, interject what I think he was up to. I think that should be a part of every episode going forward is, you know, what's Coco up to today? Exactly. So. He'll be like, episode five, Coco went trick-or-treating with Cher. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see, 85, yeah, Cher worked pretty well back in yeah. 85. She was still, uh, she was, you know, already passed her prime by 85 i would think and or would you say she was right in her prime at that time getting ready to wear her moonstruck dress oh okay so yeah i guess you're right because Cher was still definitely in her prime in 85 um so yeah so yeah Cher would have been excellent liza minnelli would have still been an Mm -hmm. excellent one a very stereotypical one judy garland uh, yeah as well so i think judy garland still holds true well i think they all still hold true to a certain extent um you know if if you're talking stereotypes there's some tropes that uh, you know have have stood the test of time. Um, yeah. Anyways, so who would you put on that like trope Mount Rushmore? The like Mount Trush, the Mount Rushmore of uh, potential uh, stereotypical drag. Um, yeah. Type. Well, share certainly. Yeah. I, I mean, I think those three that we just mentioned. So we're just looking for a fourth at this point. I mean, I'd go with Britney Spears. Britney Spears. I believe she's huge 
in the current community? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not as in touch with that community as I guess I should be if I claim to be WAF. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. I follow them on Instagram, and they seem to really enjoy her. Okay. Well, then let's go ahead and make her the honorary <laughs> fourth member of the uh, Drag Queen Mount Rushmore. Now, now this is not Drag Queens. I guess this would be, what would it be, Drag? Uh, would she be the Roosevelt? So she's the youngest. It could be, yeah. <laughs> that is the smartest joke you've ever made. <laughs> Kudos. So from now on, when you hear a Britney Spears song, I want you to think of, uh, of Roosevelt. <laughs> um, so I, I would suppose that, that she could be on that um, that Hall of Fame or that uh, Mount Rushmore, I should say. But, you know, we'll have to keep in mind, if, if you happen to be listening to this and you are more knowledgeable on the subject than we are, <laughs> then by all means, uh, let us know who should who should have been uh, If we want to continue the, the uh, Mount Rushmore discussion in a later episode, mm-hmm. maybe we could decide who would be what face on the uh, Rushmore of the Golden Girls. Uh, yeah, who, which, which president they would replace? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that'll definitely... Um, I think Lincoln would be B. Arthur. Yeah. Just because of the facial hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I guess Washington would be, um, you know, Sophia, just because the oldest. Right. Uh, Blanche and Roosevelt for the age thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then that would put, um, you know, Rose as um, TJ or Pooter Toot, <laughs> 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 who I think is the fourth person on there. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Jeff- Jeff- Did you say Jefferson already? No, but I don't know that Jefferson is Jefferson one of them. Yeah, it's it's Washington, Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and Lincoln. Oh, okay. So then I think Blanche should be the Jefferson, even though the age thing doesn't work out as well because of the Southern plantation aspect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you yeah. go. So then we'll make Rose. We'll move her over to the Roosevelt uh, spot. So now we don't have to have this debate again in a future Roosevelt. episode. Yeah, exactly. There you, that's the connection right yeah. there. So, so it's decided. Another important topic uh, <laughs> <laughs> decided by this podcast. So, thank God I was able to cut another episode out of the rotation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would have taken up at least uh, at least forty five minutes uh, had we allowed that. Uh, well, we had to re- recap on why it was important. Right. So now, once we re-record this episode, we'll have to remember all of these uh, mm-hmm. all these witty banter's that uh, yeah. have happened. I don't even remember the ones from last time. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there were any last time. But <laughs> 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 Strongly disagree. <laughs> All right, Ski. So who would you call your MVP of episode one, the pilot? Definitely Blanche. Definitely. You know, she got out of that horrible marriage situation and uh, was able to go on, as we know in the future, to great heights of slutitude. Mm, Very nice. And you, Brent, who would be your MVP? Definitely Coco. Um, I thought he definitely went out on a high note. Unsung hero. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he definitely added a lot to that episode, and I can't believe that they ended up cutting him from the series forever after it was over. Oh, totally. I do have two things that maybe we didn't really mention as much as we should have. Um, Number one, you know, we were given, you know, our hosannas to Disney for having, like, the first primetime gay character. Mm -hmm. And did they really, though? I mean, Sophia called him a fancy man, but that's different than being openly gay. I suppose. I mean, I think that, uh, yeah, everything would just be an inference. Uh, there is no no part where he's actually uh, engaging in any sort of affection towards another man or anything of that nature. They did have a deleted scene where him and Sophia were talking about, like sitting around the kitchen table talking about 
you know, his love life and dating dudes and stuff like that. But it was cut because, I don't know, Network Brass didn't think, you know, an octogenarian talking about butt stuff was really appropriate for prime time. Ahead of its time. Well, so, but I still think if there was at least a scene, even if it was deleted, that we can still give Disney credit for their forward thinking. Yeah, but since they didn't air it, is it canon? <laughs> uh, I don't know if it'd be canon in this show, but I think <laughs> you could still call it for the uh, for historical purposes. So they paraded a gay man in front of a studio audience, and that's progress? In 1985? Yeah, that was fantastic <laughs> progress. <laughs> totally uh, separate, but still on the subject of Coco. I like to imagine like the fan of the opera, like he was hanging around the entire series, like hidden in the shadows. You know? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Maybe kidnapping, you know, characters that appeared once and never again. <laughs> Could be. It's like all the branches suitors. Yes, like yes. Away. That's it. <laughs> That's how he got his uh, his butt stuff on. <laughs> well, <laughs> I am going to go ahead and move on and give my MVP for the episode to Sophia. I, my favorite uh, line of the episode was hers. Now, granted, it was augmented by uh, Dorothy's look. Uh, but I, I, I think Sophia definitely earned her way onto the show with uh, with that episode, even though I don't think it should have been at the expense of uh, of our good friend Coco. And uh, so, Ski, moving on to the rating. Out of eight slices of cheesecake, how much would you give the pilot? Oh, a solid eight, I think. It was pretty good. You'd give it an eight? That would I, make it a contender as the greatest episode of the entire series. You know, well, I think it was because it started all off. I don't think it would be necessarily the, the greatest episode. Well, I don't think you can give it an eight based on what came after it. <laughs> I think you have <laughs> to give it purely on the merits of that episode by itself. You're going to okay. really well, wreck right. this whole process if you're giving I'm an eight out immediately. Anything. Let's go with a seven and a half then. Wow, that is still incredibly too high. <laughs> I, yeah, your logic's... <laughs> Horribly flawed, um, but uh, Brent, what would you rate this episode out of eight? Maybe three. A three. Feeling a generous. Three. Yeah. Um, I'm giving a three, just you know, solidarity for Coco. Mm. If he wasn't in there, probably just a two. I yeah. thought it was kind of clunky. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, I thought it was a fine pilot episode. Uh, you know, obviously we're still learning the characters. They, you know, went through things a bit too fast. The storytelling and all that was a little uh, left a lot of holes. You know. Granted, it's a 22-minute episode, um, but I, I think I would agree. I'm going to go with three also. Uh, granted, it did set up a wonderful run of seven seasons, <laughs> but I don't think that's enough. You know, I wouldn't call the— uh, Not a meteoric rise to eight? Yeah, yeah, not at all. Not not even close. So uh, with that, uh, we are going to go ahead and close out the very first episode of Sophia's Choice. So stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.